Thank you for listening to the Bible preaching ministry of Dr. Tim Pollock at the Home Church of Lodi, California. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. Our prayer is that this message from God's Word will renew your heart and mind today.
will be. Today, we are going to finish this year's installment of Revelation. It will be a week from beginning to year. Try to go through a couple of chapters of our thoughts. We'll be able to finish the book here in a couple of years. Here in Revelation 13, we're going to look at the second of the two feasts, as the Bible calls them, the third member of the Satanic Sexta, the Anti-Holy Spirit. His goal is to cause the world, through whatever means possible, to worship the Christian. That's our thought this morning. We look at the false prophet. I pray that God will give each of us the turning heart and ears. You'll receive the truth. That's our word prayer. You not only pray for your own spirit, but for those around you, for your loved ones, those that are watching online. Let's all of us join together for this one. Let's send us hundreds of people. Father, we join together as a group. We believe your word. Lord, we believe it to be the inspired word of God. So, Lord, this morning, we ask that you would Pray the Lord as we finish this particular psalm on this wonderful book, that God you would give us years to hear. Now we're going to read together in unison John's vision of the religious peace and his war against the snake. Scripture is clear that uh, we ought to read the word out loud. It is a great benefit. In fact, maybe we can claim the promise of faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing your brothers and sisters, even if you're at home, I want you to read it out loud with us right now. Read it again, all right? Ready? Begin. Verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like the lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And the exercise of all the power of the first beast before him, cause of the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wounds were healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he make a fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of them, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Came to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to thee, which had the wound by a sword and did this. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that that image of the beast should both speak, because of as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he caused of all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, or in their forehead. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is this. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, equal to Now remember, as we come to the book of Revelation, it is a book of some of them are very clearly explained in the passage. Others are explained as we compare other scriptures, especially Old Testament, as the book of Daniel, the book of Thessalonians. 
sometimes it is very literal, and we just take it for as it is. This particular passage is clearly allegorical in that it's referring to a specific person. We know that a person's not going to have all their head. What he's talking about here is somebody who appears like this. Kind of like we might say about a particular athlete. They're like a tiger. They're a lion out there. Or they're like a raging bull. We use these terminologies to just describe somebody's capacity, somebody's ability, somebody's mindset. And so in this first, uh, in this half part of the passage, it's chapter 15. In the first half, it sounds about the first beast. The first beast came out of the sea. The first beast came out of the sea. He is described by Daniel as that little king. He is the willful king. He is the greatest ruler the world has ever known. His administration dominates the entire earth. And as a result, global he is not alone. This one doesn't come out of the sea, but in fact, it comes out of the earth. This is the second of two beasts. The first one, Antichrist. The second one, false prophet, or we might say he can be inside the Holy Spirit. He has a partner. They work together in this final, most fierce battle of the world. The Antichrist and the false prophet work together with faith himself, and together they form an unholy trinity, trifecta. And they, this man, we surely could say he is the sinister minister. They are similar in mission, but they have different The Antichrist is primarily a political and military. All prophet, a fake religious Political power, military power, joined together with religious power, that makes for a very formidable powerful dirt. The false prophet is a companion of the Antichrist. He is the press secretary of the Antichrist. He takes advantage of hurting people, fearful masses of people, and promotes the political beast. He promotes this enzyme. Satanic socialism, the idea that I, the government, can solve all of the problems of all the world together. They accomplish that by joining together with the greatest faith leader the world has ever His oratory will be hypnotized. His organizational skill will be unmatched. His ability to use the media will be increased. His presence will be a reward. So much so to the point of almost idolatry. Now let's look at this amazing text. Let's uh, collect our minds about this false text. If there's any one passage that people seem to talk about, it seems to be this one. 666. Uh, the so let's look at it, what it really means. Number one, let's notice the appearance. Of the false prophet. Number one, the appearance. Verse 11. It says he comes out of the earth. He comes out of the earth. Actually, that Greek word there is uh, and it means from 
pretty neat. It's interesting how God distinguishes this particular seed from the other seed. The other thing kind of a seed, which the seed oftentimes is scripture, is scripture of the masses, whether it's the Bible. But here it says he comes from the earth. He comes from the earth. Actually, that word means describes a plant that actually springs right out of the dirt. We'll be getting into his sins. He is differentiated from that first beast. Now, the first beast was absolutely Ten horns, seven heads, looks like a leopard and a bear and a lion all together. Oh, that is scary. That's the first beast. The second beast, completely different. Two horns, like a lamb. Some artists have even given a little description for that. But he has little bumps on his head, like little horns, and has little tongue there. See that guy there? Look at that guy. Because he looks at lamb. The idea is it's some artist's depiction of what maybe the vision might have been to John. But notice, uh, and so notice, this false prophet doesn't scare people. Like the uh, beast does, the first beast, the Antichrist, becomes a lot different. He is a lamb. Ah, but notice this verse. When he opens his mouth, he doesn't speak like a lamb. In fact, it says very clearly he spoke like a dragon. That's a very strange voice for a lamb, for sure. Now, why is it that the false prophet speaks like a dragon? Well, clearly, he is Satan. Because remember now, the dragon is Satan, we're told in chapter 12, early days. So, in fact, this false uh, prophet will be Satan. In fact, Satan may actually need his witness. You know, the demons can still put death people. Learn about that in the gospel, that they actually can. Remember Jesus talked to a demon, and the demon used the voice box of that person to actually talk to Jesus. Demons can talk to us, they're spirit beings, so they can speak. They can so encompass the person that they can overwhelm their body. Now, in fact, this sinister minister, this false prophet, is going to be a real human, but he is going to be as well by demons. Any Satan does. He is going to be in trouble. So many demons. Remember, Jesus had the one man that had a thousand, a legion, five thousand uh, demons in him. Maybe this one will have fifty. You know, I've read about Adolf Hitler. Heard about it as well. That when he spoke, his ability to speak was so amazing, so incredible, that the masses were just sitting there in awe. Since I heard about that, I decided this week I would Google it and see if there's actually a little video. And it's actually here. I watched a little 60 second video of him speaking to the master. I will tell you, it is bad. I was going to show it to you, but then I thought, first of all, I don't know what he was saying. Some of you may know German, may not be a good one. The other thing is, I didn't want this satanic person speaking to the other person. Well, the fact of the matter is, you, if you feel up to it, you want to look at it, I will tell you, right a moment, 
But imagine then a person like that. So such ability. Just a little clip I watched when he finished his day with this hellish, joyous, joyous of their ideology. I'll tell you what. This, uh, this coming false prophet is going to be similar to that, in that his voice is the voice of a dragon. He is the Antichrist, just like a Everything the Antichrist says that is harsh and mean and hard, the false prophet puts a different spin on it. He opens, he makes sure that everybody is okay with it. He will mock and mischaracterize and ask the Christian faith, even as the radical left does today, only it will be exponentially The false prophet will be Mr. Smoothie. People will just receive it because they're looking for some hope. And he will build an ultimate reality. He will tell them this when in fact it's something quite different. We see that today, even in our world, especially here in America. We see so often people building a radical false description of the way certain religions really are. You take, for example, the religion of Islam. If you were to listen to Hollywood, or 99% of the Google searches, which I did a Google search to surprise things about Islam, and I was afraid, it's actually quite challenging to find out the real things that they teach. They either members of Congress, but most people, the great majority now, believe that Islam is a peaceful faith. But I remind you that Islam is based on Sharia. Sharia law simply means divine law. It's based on the Quran. They have another book that they use called the Sunnah. The Sunnah is a record of the life of the Islamic prophet Muhammad. In that book, Muhammad always appears lamb-like, very peaceful. But Sharia, Sharia law, for example, advocates Islam. Jihad is a holy war against infidels. Who are infidels? Anybody who is a non-Muslim. Now to be sure, not all Muslims believe this, but many Muslims think that killing an infidel guarantees they will go straight to paradise. Christians are not allowed to convert Muslims to Christianity. Conversion is perceived as blasphemy. Areas of that Distributing Christian literature in Muslim countries can get you a prison sentence under Sharia law. Compare the fact that Allah in the Quran tells Muslims to kill anybody who rejects Islam. Jesus tells Christians to love Muslims because he wants them to My friends, the religion of Islam, Muslims, that is not a peaceful religion. Does then, does Islam meet the criteria for what could be a worldwide religion? Well, we do know it is the fastest growing religion in the world. There are more Muslims now than there are any other faith. Folks, it doesn't surprise me one bit that this could be the worldwide religion. Or, some believe that this worldwide in religion 
It's actually a revival of the Roman Catholic Empire. That I'm not talking about those that good believing people believe in the Word of God, but I'm talking about those sorts of certainly like the godless crusades. They would kill people who didn't agree with them. So in the tribulation, in the midst of death, destruction, and dread, up pops this lamb that speaks with the voice of a dragon. He's going to offer hope to everybody, a worldwide religion, a peaceful religion, that in fact is not. It has the voice of a dragon. But in order to accept this religion, you must embrace the Antichrist. If you don't, then it is certain he so, number one, the appearance of the false prophet. Number two, his appeal. His appeal. First of all, he uses feet. I'm not talking about those things that limit your legs there. I'm talking about feet that he does. Look at verse 12. And he exercises all the power of the first feet before him and causes the earth to dwell. He causes the earth. Eight different times it says he causes. How does he cause people to do that? Well, he has some sort of demonic, satanic power to delude people, and he demands absolute loyalty to it. His great personality, his persuasive speaking ability, he is able to bring the masses together. And it says very clearly that he wows everybody in this with one supernatural act, a miracle of peace. Look verse 12. The deadly wound was healed. The first beast is the Antichrist. He apparently dies. Maybe he stays dead. I believe that he does. And it's a safe resurrection. Or maybe they act like he died and he came back, so in that case, it was a fake uh, resurrection. But whatever the case is, he makes the Antichrist with his power, and for everybody to see it, to the resurrect. And since he is the Antichrist, it only makes sense that he was resurrect, because Jesus Christ, the real anointed one, the real Messiah, was resurrected in fact from the dead. And so this carefully cracked. Fake resurrection is uh, he plows the people. I will tell you, a thousand years ago, if they had done this, everybody would have been A hundred years ago, but today, frankly, folks, I don't think we should be surprised if somebody can use smoke and mirrors, video, or whatever else, to perform these great signs. So, this false prophet, does he actually do miraculous things? Maybe. If he doesn't, if he just tricks uh, things, makes them appear that way, verse 13. But he does great wonders. So much so that he makes fire come down from heaven. Fire coming down from heaven. Now, why would the false prophet do that? Well, that's very godlike. Because throughout Scripture, we find God sending fire out of heaven. Really, fire coming out of heaven, not some kind of For example, in Solomon and Gomorrah, he rained fire in the city there in Genesis chapter 18. In Leviticus chapter 10, he burned up Nadab and Abihu and the others because of what is called Then he set fire on 
in heaven on Mount Carmel to respond to Elijah's prayer that he consumed at that altar. And so, Satan's counterfeit, he is going to try to do the same thing. Now, whether it's a miraculous, maybe, maybe there's a hint to that. Maybe Satan does have some power. I know in the Old Testament, Pharaoh's religious, faith religious leaders were able to cause, you know, gods to turn into snakes. My guess is they were actually snakes that were dipped and somehow staked everybody out. Of course, God made it. He showed today when Moses was brought in. You know, the fact of the matter is whether the false prophet, whether the Antichrist, Jesus' real miracle somehow, or whether it's just some kind of a, an amazing pyrotechnic display where fire comes out of heaven with all those satellites, all those. Laser things now, weapons that are up there, this would be no surprise. But one thing that happens is the people are amazed by it. You can only imagine if the false prophet has all figured out with some laser weapon in the sky and says, I want it to come down now, and it turns up something. There you go. He, you know, he will. People will follow him. Verse number 14. Then he deceives them that dwell on the earth. But it means that he's miracle. Small people up there. You can preach the word of God verse by verse by the hour, but you have one miracle that people will talk about today. It says that he deceived us on the dwelling of the feet of these miracles. Disaster, remember now, it's only disasters. The Bible talks about hail coming down, fire, the river turning to blood, Thomas. Stars hitting the earth, demons like scorpions, flying scorpions, things, people. I mean, this time it was crazy, and so people were feeling like, wow, this is that. And so to have somebody that seems to be able to command the heavens, all the miracles, they're like, okay, that's what we need, because nobody that's normal can do this. We need somebody who has power over all this. The people are so fearful, they're very vulnerable to a solution. So the false prophet comes along and says, the only hope is the Antichrist. Hope we're not talking about some crazy uh, out in left field uh, TV religious wacko that everybody knows. No, we're talking about somebody who is a tremendous community. He offers hope and happiness. So, between the two of them, those Antichrist, who offers political and military strength, and the false prophet, he offers religious happiness and hope and peace. Nearly everybody in the world will be deceived. That's why we say today if you have any doubts about your salvation, make sure, those of you that might be listening online or later, I remind us all never take a chance. They will always put it off. Never do that. Because the, the chance that we might get saved in the end, all friends, it will be so easy. Well, here's what the false prophet's going to do. He is going to use mankind's natural sense for icons and idols to open the masses. He will arrest a piece, a touch point where everybody can go to so they can gather around, and he'll do so right in Jerusalem. That's what it says in that verse. 
he makes an image to the beast. They make an actual image. Now look what it says. He had a wound by the sword, and it lived. Now you might know the Greek word for alive is the word bio. You know, word biology. Bio simply means the opposite of living, of the opposite, the opposite of death. Bio. There's another Greek word sometimes people name that child that Zoe, which means the essence of living. It means the all the beauty and the joy and the smell and the sight of being alive. So, but that word live is not either bio or so. Surprisingly, that is the Greek word pneuma, which we might get through pneumatic register. And so really what it means is air. So, here's what it says. It says the false prophet gave air or he, uh, the Antichrist, got in. Basically, this is a relatable Antichrist, this image, or we might say, air, meaning wave, meaning wave, sort of a avatar, sort of a, you know, a projection. Whatever the case is, with today's amazing technology, along with people's desperation, that someone to believe in, that somebody that helped them, it would not surprise me one bit why everybody would say, oh, look at that. Yes, we will go and we will, I mean, they will listen to this beast, this, this image talking, they will say, look at that, that's real, I saw it. Then his appeal, first of all, are peace. Second of all, his appeal is faith. Everybody is going to get sucked in this religion. He is going to, in verse 15, say he's going to call everybody to worship the beast. Just like the world today, especially with the internet, new religions abound. In fact, almost daily, somebody is coming up with some new religion. For example, around Christmas time, by the thousands, especially politicians, have our resting they did this last year, early before this year. To be seen as woke, and they are accepting the false religion of Kwanzaa as a wonderful faith. Kwanzaa, a true Bible faith. How sad. Kwanzaa, created in 1966 by a Cal State Long Beach professor, supposedly as a spiritual alternative to Christian. Unfortunately, all you have to do is get a even surface beat. You find it is right with radical BLM, supremacy, ideology. Folks, I remind us any spirituality that does not have Jesus Christ as the center of that faith is atheist. And so, religions like Kwanzaa, like Islam, religion, folks, you realize that in the end time, religion is just going to go crazy. It's going to be everywhere. Well, we need to be discerning. We need to be discerning with the Word of God ourselves before that person. People be staring at that image. Today, everybody has a cell I mean, you can go out of the middle of the Sahara Desert, and the guy can be going along on the top of his chin, and he has a cell phone. He's walking next to something like that. I mean, it is the 
most crazy thing. It does not surprise me then when the Bible says that the whole world will be watching the beast because they will break in the internet and say, we now have a special announcement. And everybody, by the use of the constellation satellites out there now, or whatever the case is, everybody at the same time will be seeing the beast. And it says, verse 15, he had power to give life under the image, and he caused them. He caused them to worship the image of the beast. Folks, I'm telling you, it is going to be the pressure is going to be so big and so severe, it's going to be causing. But notice what happens. If people do not fall down on their knees, if that man on that camel does not get down off of there, get on his knees, the Bible says he will cause all people to be killed. Now, not all people And uh, that don't work with the beast because thankfully there is a whole group of people that go into the millennium who are tribulation saints. But what it's referring to is all people who are modern, all the rest of them will be killed. Some will be martyred, and all the others, there will be many unbelievers that will also die. Satan doesn't discriminate. He kills the law, and he kills believers at the same time. Today, only people are spared who have a Bible, who know the difference between the Antichrist and the real Christ. By the way, I remind us, during that time, the Antichrist and the false prophet will totally have all the errors. Nobody will be able to get to the Bible preaching. They'll be able to get the Bible on their phone. That's why hiding the Word of God in their heart or even having a physical copy is so important in the this is a note. You may not know this, but these buildings here, all our buildings, have Bibles in the vault. We call them tribulation Bibles. They were left by people who forgot their Bibles. So when we build the building, we have put others in as well. But we stash Bibles in all the walls. They're everywhere. Hundreds of them. We call them tribulation Bibles. We did it for one reason, because the Old Testament says all the salvation we kind of have that theme, but we also realize that honestly during that time people are going to need physical copies of the Word of God. I've heard that they, people have gone to Petra, that great rock city in Israel, and put uh, physical Bibles in the different rocks there. Well, whatever the case is, I know that the only way anybody will be able to withstand false prophet and antichrist is if they're reading the Bible. If they can compare and say, that's not right. Because the, the, uh, it's going to be so deceiving that unless you're in the Bible, you're going to be deceived. The same still is true today. Alright, his appearance, his appeal, finally his approach. What is this tool? The Bible says he uses money. Of course. That's why Paul said the love of money is the root of all evil. It does. It always comes back to money. It's money, stupid. Politicians say, verse number 16, any cause of all, it doesn't make any difference. A little child, small, the great, rich people, rich and poor, on the free, to receive a mark in their hands, in their foreheads. And nobody can buy or sell. 
who is the all? Who's the king? He caused the all. Who is the all? Now I could qualify that by Second Thessalonians chapter two. Second Thessalonians chapter two gives us who are going to be deceived and who will not. Verse eleven. And for this cause, God shall send them to believe. Oh my goodness. So we have Satan sending out delusion. We have the false prophets sending out delusion. And we have God feeding a lot. It says he sends them, it says that he allows them, that they could believe a lot. You see, the light of God keep them from believing that. Well, verse 12, explains why. That they might be damned. Who believe not the truth? Why don't they believe the truth? Because they have pleasure in the When you choose sin or Jesus, your mind gets a filter. Every time you choose sin or the righteousness, your mind becomes more and more deluded. That's why God says He can, He can rightly, justly, He can punish them with His justice. Well, the love of sin, then, is what is the problem. Now, marks. Let's talk about these marks of the hand or in the forehead. In ancient Rome, a citizen had to make some sort of an offering to the Caesar. They were his God. You may have heard that they would oftentimes take something like salt and put it on the altar as an offering to their Caesar as a token of loyalty. But the fact of the matter of what is that many Christians during the time of the Caesar of the first century were killed because they did not worship Caesar. They did not offer an offering. And in fact, many of them were mocked. Both slaves and soldiers were often mocked. Or they would wear a nickel. That would be those slave nickels their pictures when they were failed But it says that these marks, these things they would wear, somehow it was a mark that you were a slave or you were given to Jesus. And in place, because many of them wore long, gracefully clothing, veils, those were two places that were often seen. It may suggest what Paul was saying in Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. I bear in my body the mark of Jesus. Whose mark are you going to put on? Antichrist? I want to be marked with Jesus. And I will tell you here, it makes you wonder, with the widespread use of tattoos today, extreme fearful, and the historical relationship to false religions. Today, for example, Hinduism and Buddhism, both are two religions that really use marks on people. It's very popular. In fact, it's very popular even in Hollywood now for people to put marks on them. I just Google that. Not one popular actor, Angelina Jolie. And on her back, she got a verse in Hindu, the Sanskrit language of Pali. And uh, here's a Hindu saying. You want to know what it is? Well, part of what it says. Here's what puts on part of it. May your beauty will be that of 
where you may go, any will attend. You put a Hindu scripture on your back that says, you're beautiful and everybody's going to serve you. Well, that's a false religion for you. That's what the Bible says. They are, it is a place where people get marked. And Antichrist will look for your mark. If you're not marked, you're going to be a traitor. You're not going to be able to buy or sell it, says verse 17. You can't involve yourself in daily commerce. You won't be allowed to buy things to the store unless you have the mark of the government. I must admit, it crosses my mind today when I go to businesses, I see signs saying, you will not be allowed in this business unless you follow the government medical We won't say must admit, it crosses my mind when I see that. But you see what the case is? You won't be able, it doesn't, it's no stretch of the imagination for me that it would be easy to keep people from buying and selling unless they have a certain mark. What is this mark? Many have postulated, and I believe try to get into all of this, so many people, but many imagine that it might be some sort of shift. That is, inserted into the hand and the forehead is easily seen or read by all the electronics around them. But I will tell you, tell you this. People who feel, they will feel like they don't have any choice. Not only because of the deception of the Antichrist. Not only because of the persuasion of the false prophet. But they feel like that if I don't take the mark, I'm going to die. My family's going to die. That choice will be deadly. Because the Bible says they will not be able to go to heaven because they are taking the mark of the beast. The false prophet system you see here is about numbering. In fact, the number is written in the old English there, but the number is zero, it's six, six, six. The fact of the matter is, we live in a world of numbers. Everybody has numbers. We have numbers for everything. Our insurance has numbers. The bills we have in our pocket have numbers. We have account numbers. We have social security numbers. We're always asked for our numbers. You go to a place, what's your number? I mean, you can't go to the medical office, what's your number? You go to the social security office, what's your number? You go to the buy something, what's the number on your credit card? I mean, we are, we have been relegated to numbers. But it's not uncommon for letters to also be numbers in the old world. As you know, for example, in Latin, P, 5, C, L, 50. So, maybe uh, we're not actually told what its significance is of the 666, other than that it is, as it says here, the number of men. That's one thing we are told about. Notice it says that they don't take the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number 666. So there's three things that we're told that they might the number. Now, what is God's number? God's number is seven. It's the number of completion. So it is significant that man is six. Man is created on the sixth day. But God is a seven. By the way, man is almost seven, but he never quite gets to seven. He's six. In fact, God's triple is six, six, six. The best that man can do is man, man, man. 
I thank God that our God is God, God, God. And so that would seem like it seems to be connected to the Trinity. God is a, is a holy Trinity. Here in the end, we have this unholy concept of this Trinity. Satan, Antichrist, false prophet, all of them simply man, sick. They can't get to God. They can't quite get to Now, what is our response to all of this? I think it's a great way to finish this particular psalm of this year. I think there are four things that I'd like to offer you that this would help us to do. Number one, these truths that motivate us. That's what Paul said. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade Folks, just as the path of the time is certain, so the coming judgment day is absolute. Dying without Christ is the ultimate irrevocable sadness. I saw so many open doors today. People need Jesus. That's why we have churches. That's why we keep them open. That's why we're here preaching the Word of God. Your brother back here, the woman just got back from Hong Kong. They captured him. They would let him leave. All the COVID rules. For 30 days, he had to stay in a high-rise. 3,000 people, they lost the room. All the churches are shut down. Pretty much all over the world. That's why here in America, we must resist. We must stay open. It makes no difference. We must preach the Word of God. We must continue to hold up faithfully the things of God. Because people need God. They need the truth. He brushed his teeth twice a day. The doctor examined his teeth. He slept with the windows open. Good air. He stuck to a diet with plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables. He worked out faithfully four times a week. But never two. He got at least eight hours of sleep every night. He never smoked, drank, or lost his He was all set to be He was only 63. He is survived by 18 specialists for health institutions, six gymnasiums, and numerous manufacturers of health food. He remembers everything, but he and if you are living as though this world is all there is, all your vitamins, everything, folks, you are forgetting the most important thing. You and I need Jesus Christ. So we are motivated to tell others about Christ. It should, number two, validate us. As we read the book of Revelation, it is as though the book of Revelation, as we read the book of Revelation, we see the news. And the book of Revelation says, poor David. I mean, we realize once again, as Paul said, and as John said in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, that the love of Herein is our love, they perfect, that we may have both in the day We love Jesus. We love the Word of God. It fills us with both. I love waking up every day feeling confident. I don't feel confident in my physical abilities. Mental abilities. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about confidence in knowing what what the future holds. Folks, history is fitting right into that. Some say, "Oh, I'm worried." Folks, it's wonderful. All of this just means Jesus is coming. 
When you read the book of Revelation, don't get worried. Just get excited. It just validates that Jesus is coming back. Number three, it should not only motivate us, validate us, it should vindicate us. I must admit it is discouraging and grieving to see such an evil world. All that God was ideas that are constantly being pushed upon us by the media, by the secular education. David told me about the same thing. Yet at the same time said, I believe victory. Psalm 58 verse 10. The righteous shall rejoice when? When he sees the vengeance of God. Nobody gets happy when they see God's vengeance. I will tell you, there is such a great sense of just satisfaction. And in fact, just as God said, justice is coming. It should motivate us. It should validate us. It should indicate us. And finally, number three, it should rejuvenate us. I mean, the thought that Jesus is about ready to break through that eastern sky and to come through, folks, it is glorious. It is an amazing thought. He is coming. That's why John was given, thank God he was given this vision in chapter 1. Because the rest of the chapters, boy, they get pretty dark once in a while. Look what it says in chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds. And every eye shall be. Hope it's time to get fired up and fired up because we're about ready to be taken. God will hear He is coming. That's why John said in these verses, He that has ears to be left. Louisiana came to him, had been tracking Lutheran. Late one night, he stumbled upon the criminal test. Climbing carefully on the roof, he came more than waiting for them, hoping to jump on the poster just to be a perch out of his head. The game worked after a fitful night of trying to keep quiet on that road. Turn, you throw, making breakfast at that moment. The smell of bacon fried and coffee spoon became he didn't know if he could take it anyway. Then, to his surprise, Luke Rose came to the door and yelled, Hey, King Morton, you might as well come on down and have some breakfast with me. Over breakfast, the game warden asked how wild his patient had known he was waiting on him. Luke Rose said, Oh, I didn't. I just do that every morning to take you were there. Oh, I'm telling you what, every day we ought to walk out and we ought to look up and say, Come quickly, Lord Jesus, because in fact, this may just be the day. I would like to end today with a glorious chorus of our worship to come at the end of that. Would you say We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.